Hey everyone, this is Angie Wachowski and you are listening to Bet On You Radio. I am so excited about today's guest because as you know, this is the place where we feature ordinary, extraordinary individuals who are just doing really cool things. I've shared with many of you listeners in the past that I grew up in Northern Michigan. And growing up here, I lived near downtown Traverse City. And during that time, it just wasn't the place to go. It was not vibrant, it was not happening. Flash forward to today, it is an amazing community with a wonderful Main Street feel with incredible shops. And during the summer, you can hardly move down the downtown streets because there's just people everywhere. And how does that happen? How within a 20 plus year time frame does a community transform? Well, our guest today is the head of the Traverse City Downtown Development Authority, and she's going to share with us her efforts, her team's efforts to really ignite change. She's also going to talk about some of the risks she's taken along the way. So here we have her. Jean Dorenzi, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Angie, and I appreciate that intro of exciting and extraordinary people, so that's very nice. Does that feel like you? <laughs> uh, it never feels like, when you say extraordinary, it never feels like me, but um, what a nice introduction. Oh, I'm so, thank you. so happy to give it. I love the word extraordinary because it is. It's extraordinary, and that's <laughs> when you say it like that. So I want to talk about where you grew up and just some of your humble beginnings, because we grew up in small towns quite near each other, and you grew up on a farm. I did, in Elk Rapids. Um, went to high school there, um, preschool. I grew up. That's where I lived, is in Elk Rapids, Michigan, and it was an extraordinary, ex I'm going to say extraordinary a lot, I think now. That's okay. um, but in Elk Rapids, it was a community all on its own, and having that that family, um, no matter where you went, you knew someone, and um, knew that they cared for you. So I, I loved living in uh, Elk Rapids and having my mom and my dad and my seven <laughs> siblings too. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy. But oh, what we had a great time. Talk about what it was like to be raised on a farm. I say farm, but really probably the better terminology is orchard. Um, actually, it was a farm because okay. we had uh, cows, we had horses, we had um, fruit, we had, um, we did have the orchard, and that's of course um, the the product that we we sold was the farm was the um, the fruit. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, particularly in the summer, usually we went and got jobs. People would go and have the jobs, but. For us, we lived on the farm, and we worked on the farm, and we played on the farm. And that might sound a little bit um, quirky, but it wasn't. It was. It brought such different values to me of hard work, of um, teamwork, and of friendships. Friendships because you couldn't do it alone. You really had to bring people in, and they lived with you on the farm. It was just an extraordinary um childhood that I had. It's hard work. It is hard, but it, it didn't seem. It is long seem. days. <laughs> it was really long days, but I'm telling you, when you um, would go down to the beach and just swim, it it just, there was nothing that was hard about it. And I guess now you would think that it was hard 
because I'm older. But when you were younger, it was not that hard. <laughs> I was thinking a lot about, you know, people talk about work-life balance. And I would say growing up on a farm, my dad was a farmer. It wasn't, there wasn't balance. Like work and life were completely integrated. And maybe what they were striving for was harmony. So when you were off and you had those moments, it was amazing. But for the most part, it was, you tried to find your life within the work that surrounded you. Yes, that's a really good um, terminology. But I think it's when you were off work, you were really off work and that you did, you were able to play and you were able to um, go downtown and uh, go to the movie and go to the beach and really form uh, on the weekends that that was your time, downtime and family time. So that Sundays were very special and Saturdays as well in the afternoon. So they made sure, they being my parents, made sure that we had that downtime and that harmony time and that family time. Oh, that's wonderful. And so as I would imagine in high school, you probably made the choice that there was more to life in your world than farming and perhaps <laughs> went to school. How did you think about that? Because obviously when you're in a family business, Maybe the assumption is that you're going to stay in the business, but that didn't necessarily happen for you. It did not. And I would say that it had a lot to do with um, with the century that I was in, um, being that because I was a woman, uh, of course I wasn't going to be on the farm, that I would go and do something different than outside of the farm. And I would think maybe at that, when I was growing up, I, w I thought that, and maybe I was encouraged that, or maybe my father and mother just knew farming wasn't in me. I'm not <laughs> sure, <laughs> but farming was not in me. But for high school, I think um, what gave me a lot of different uh, direction was the sports. So when I was able to um, play basketball and do volleyball, it it opened up different, um, my, my eyes a little differently, Angie. And it, it's, uh, when you think of it, the sports did open a different avenue for me and a different world. So it was fun. And imagine the teams too, when you start hearing other people's plans, learning more about other people's parents and different occupations, you start to get an imagination going about what would life exactly. be like for me. So where did you go after high school? I went to NMC at first, All and then, right. exactly, uh, and then I went to Central Michigan uh, University. And Fire up chips. Exactly. <laughs> so it was, um, it was a lot of fun, and I, how I was on that journey is, is kind of interesting in some ways, but how my parents encouraged me to not just think small, but think big, but uh, really didn't not in so many words. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a different um, atmosphere in that day and age of how you viewed um, women versus men. And I don't mean it, women versus men, but it was a different culture back then. Oh, absolutely. And, um, but they always encouraged and really pushed to, to be on my own. Oh, that's good. To be independent and then to go to Central Michigan, what was your major? What did you decide to focus on in your studies? Public administration. Oh, really? So trying to learn about just the ins and outs of government. For any particular reason? My dad. Uh, my dad always gave back to community. He served on the school board and the board of commissioners, and he always uh, gave back to the community. He served on different boards and commissions and always 
helped through his church or through the board that he served on, along with my mother. My mother always um, gave of her time to serve us above others. So I know service was important to my parents, and that's that's the direction that I saw the most um, opportunity for myself as well. When we come back to the break, I want to talk about how that value of service exists right now with the work that you're doing today. So please hold. We will be right back. Have you read this book, The War of Art? You're going to have an opportunity to experience a live interview with myself and Stephen Pressfield on December 20th. Bonus, Steve and I are both Marines. We're gonna talk a little bit about how the military influences your approach to goal development and goal accomplishment. And you'll be able to ask your questions. What a great opportunity. We cannot wait to have you join us. Follow Angie on Facebook and LinkedIn to RSVP. This is Angie Wachowski and you're listening to Bet On You Radio. I am here with Jean Dorenzi. She leads the Downtown Development Authority for Traverse City, Michigan. And we are now going to talk about how you found this opportunity. So before we broke, you mentioned that you're at Central Michigan. You went to work in public administration as your focus. What was your first job out of college? Out of college, it was at the front of the court in Grand Traverse County. Oh, so you went back home. You didn't I- <laughs> decide to, I mean... Mount Pleasant was away. And then I I came back home and said, oh, man, I got to go. So I went to Detroit and lived with my aunt and thought I was going to be in Detroit in in a city atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my brother called and said, hey, there's an interview there's a job opening. Um, you should apply. It's like, oh my, and my mom and dad says, Jean, you got to get a paycheck. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get real here. Yeah, let's get real. So I applied at, um, for a clerical job at the front of the court and ended up getting that job. And then I worked, um, I can't even remember how long I worked at that job. And then, uh, Ross Childs in the county administration office, um, position opened up there. And that's when doors opened, when I got that job and looked at county administration and um, moved into different fields from there, meaning um, went to economic development and for the Brownfield Authority and through planning in that piece. So that was really an opportunity for me to really expand my horizons. And Along the way, I imagine deepened your love for this community, hence finding yourself in the current role that you are today. Like, how did you get so passionate about community building? I mean, again, I can see your entrance point into this amazing community, but then to see how you could influence and ignite change. Like, when did that passion spark? I think it was through uh, the economic development um, program that uh, Ross Childs asked me to, to, to work on and through the Brownfield program and Brian Crow. Uh, so when I worked with that, with those two programs in particular, I worked with private and I worked with public and trying to bring both together and really listen to both sides because not everybody was in agreement on all of the projects. So trying to to listen, to learn, and to move projects forward was an extraordinary opportunity for me and 
for me to understand what makes community and what brings community together. So with Brian Crow, it was more about um, placemaking efforts and what makes a great downtown. What makes a great downtown? It's people that make a great downtown and it's businesses that make a great downtown. And there's so many intricacies for a downtown that it's not just one thing. It's all these um, pieces building together that make a thriving downtown. Um, so there's so many different projects, Angie, that I would say that uh, it's rewarding for me to see and how it builds upon the other to bring a downtown together. I think many people have visions for perhaps the community that they live in, how it can be better. The challenge is always bringing along people to make those visions a reality. And you seem to do that really well. You navigate the government side, the private mm -hmm. sector side, the politics of it all, the, the local businesses. How do you do that? What's your secret? Well, maybe you don't want to share it entirely because you, <laughs> you don't want people to know all your Jedi mind tricks. But what, what's your secret? Like, how have you learned to navigate conflicting interests, to lead through change, to help bring about change? I think it's just what you said is listening is I, I really embrace listening, but really understand when it's time to move forward and not and making sure that the people that are talking and showing up is important, that their their views, their discussion points do matter. But it's not about who that there's one body that wins and one body that, that loses. It's we're both winning. We're just not getting everything that we wanted. But what there's one piece that always lingers no matter what is people love downtown. So the reason that people are in a debate or in a controversy is because they really love the, the issue that they are passionate about. So that passion is what's common on both factors. So how are we moving it forward uh, together? But we're not always going to have every single thing that we want, but it's more of how are we moving the community together into the future. Can you share one of the projects that you're most proud of that you're able maybe to get off the ground or envision and start to see in reality, maybe even complete for that matter? I think the first it would be the Civic Square and getting the property for the Civic Square because I really believe that that is the next piece on, on connecting both of our districts into the downtown. That That's huge for me. I, I think it's it's been visioned for over 25 years and we 25 years? 25 years and uh, that was the first piece uh, when I first took this job that I really wanted to focus on was a civic square and we got it um, and then the next is the lower boardman plan I I would say civic square and the lower boardman plan is one in one that we had to focus on the nature and the water and the river for downtown and for both of those projects, too, I mean, there's a lot of resources, financial and otherwise, that go into securing this type of downtown development initiative. How do you like doing that? Is that the fun part of your job? That's the fun part of my job. Is it the getting the money for it? <laughs> it is. <it's... laughs> that's probably the thing that stops a lot of people from pursuing betterment initiatives for their communities is getting the resources. But for you, that's something that excites you? Yes, because you can see it come to reality. People want to participate. Even um, So it's 
bringing parties together that can't be together all the time. So particularly when it comes to water, I was talking to Marcia Smith um, a little while ago, and what she said is that the water and the natural resource has been forever a top priority for this community for years, I mean, decades. So bringing the parties on the downtown, that it's, we value the environment um, just as much as everybody. So, and we're part of the community and how we're bringing it together. So that's kind of off on the financial end, but the finance, the finance to bring things together makes the project a reality. And how do you handle stress? Because you don't have easy days, and I see you everywhere. You don't <laughs> sleep that much. <laughs> How do you deal with the stress associated with change and differing opinions? Because it could be maddening, I'm sure, if you let it get to you. Yes, it could be. Um, I really, when I leave the office, I leave the office, and I really take that time for my family. Um, that is one way I, I decompress, but the other is exercise. I have to exercise. I have to um, exercise and then meditate. Meditate by listening to music. That might sound weird on meditation. Mm -hmm. Or read a book. Or just, it's my time. Um, but it, it, it's, it's important to have my time. And also my family is incredibly important that keeps me grounded. And sustains. Well, when we come back from the next break, we're going to pick up with my five favorite questions. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Angie Wachowski. I'm one of the co-authors of Bet on You. This is the companion to the radio program. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to, check out this book. Inside, there's some really great guidance and a code that takes you to an online platform that helps you dream better and imagine ways that you can bet on yourself. Check it out. You talked earlier about just some of the important people in your life to help guide and direct you. I'd love to hear from you more about the role mentors have played in your life. Um, a substantial amount. Mentors were, are very important to me uh, and were very important to me and continue to be important to me. Uh, and I look at mentors um, from Ross that first came into my office and saw more that I could do and offered me an opportunity and I grabbed it to um, when I think of um, Marcia Smith, a, a great mentor to me, but she really didn't know she was a mentor, mm -hmm. I think, in some ways. And currently, when I think of um, people that I greatly respect and admire, um, is, is truly, it made me better in ways that um, I don't think every, that I don't tell enough, that they're, that their lives and how they um, they helped me through, I need to make sure that I tell them. Like Elaine would, nobody would think, oh, how did Elaine help you? From being Elaine, from being a, a strong leader um, in the times that you really didn't see um, women leaders and having her on the NMC board. Um, and like I ended, I said previously, Marsha, but Sakura and 
Who was a bet on you radio guest? Yeah, yes, she's phenomenal, isn't she's, she? She's phenomenal. So when you look at people that have an impact on your life, and I would say that Ross was a huge mentor for me um, in my my younger career days. I think that's really important for anybody who's listening as they think about change that you're contemplating for yourself or your organization, just the wonderful opportunity to invite humility into your life and ask for help. I think sometimes we think of people who seek out help as, oh, you don't know what you're doing or you're weak. But the reality is, is that nobody knows what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> and we all need help. And it's kind of counter, it's counterintuitive that asking for help actually makes you strong because you're showing a vulnerability and an open mind associated with it. Mm-hmm. You taught me that, Angie. Oh, uh, I did? You did indeed. <laughs> and I, um, I ask for help a lot. And because I, I think it's more that it's not, it is a vulnerability, but to me, it's more of a strength that it's okay that I don't know it all. And I, I, I will never know it all. <laughs> Nobody will. But bringing a, a team together to help you is so incredibly important. And from moving projects forward to when you're downtime. So your friends are so incredibly important to you as well. So, um, Asking for help, even just asking for help. Hey, I need to go and um, just have a downtime. You, you want? Can you take an hour? That in itself is important to do. I think so too. And I think again, there's this concept we talked earlier about just service, and it is a self selfless act in nature. Yet, in order to serve, you have to have something to give. And if you can't restore, reflect, or even re-energize then where are you? It's not a really great place to be. So it can seem selfish to take that time, <laughs> but it's probably the best thing that you can do for others. I'd love to hear from you. And now we're bumping up into my five favorite questions. I'd love to hear about a book that has been useful to you, that's inspired you, a book that you go to. Daring Greatly. Oh, isn't she amazing? <laughs> can we talk about Brene Brown enough on this show? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> And there's a lot of books that I have read, but it was the timing of that book that really helped me. And it that the timing of the book was perfect for me and being able to encourage me to get in that arena and be okay being vulnerable. So the timing of that book was so incredibly important to me. Can you recall anything in particular? Again, getting into the arena being one idea that it just helped give you courage or helped ignite something within you. It was the the saying that um, if you have to look in, how many times are you going to just look in or be part of the solution? And I wanted to look at my life not being outside of that, but being right in the arena and talking to people and getting the, the hard knocks, I guess, and getting, um, getting involved. If I'm going to be part of the service, if I'm going to be part of the community, get involved in being part of the solutions. Yeah, there are plenty of critics who can stand outside and point, and, and they do, right? Because you get them, probably a lot of voicemails <laughs> and emails headed your way. But if you're not willing to be part of the solution... Mm-hmm. It's it, it can be pretty frustrating, I imagine. Um, this is I'd love to hear this one from you. You obviously just talked about mentors and them 
often giving you feedback. Can you share a piece of feedback that was illuminating for you? A piece of feedback that was, maybe it hurt, maybe it was helpful, maybe it was positive, but just something that really just sticks out to you. Um, I think the biggest helpful piece was when you said, what do I do in my downtime? It was, um, don't take things personally and being able to step back and critique yourself and make sure that you have the time for your family because it's not all about you, Jean. It's about the community and it's about your family. So it, that was the critique is that you're getting to step back, just step back and take a breath. It's kind of like you get the white knuckles, right? You're holding onto this issue so tightly. Yes. Loosen the grip, take a step back and remind yourself of your values and what's really important. Yep. That's awesome. So this is going to be a tough question for you because I know many people hope that you answer their place or space, but can you share an activity that you like to do in this community, like something that's fun <laughs> and engaging for you? For me, it's the Boardman Lake Trail right now. Um, Isn't that the fantastic? Yeah, it's space. anything to be outside, Angie. The, the Boardman Lake Trail, I love. Um, it's the deactivation. You know, it's the decompressing for me. So mm -hmm. it's anything to do with hiking or being outside um, is what I like to do. And then your favorite place to eat. I know this is going to get you in trouble, but it's okay. You got to commit to something. They're all great. Let's start there. But where, where do you like to go for? So anywhere downtown doesn't matter, doesn't oh, cut it. Best restaurants. This is going to be a huge plug for downtown Traverse City, this <laughs> podcast. And then final question, piece of wisdom that you'd like to impart to our listeners who are contemplating risks in their life or leading change or trying to make a difference. What type of wisdom do you have to offer them? I think what we were talking about, Angie, is ask for help if you need help, but get involved and take the risk. And you are um, more than you think you are. And your, your voice, your knowledge has more impact than what you think it does. That's so true. So I think that there's so much opportunity for people and don't be um, afraid I think it's so easy for people to say, oh, no, I'll let somebody else do it, or no, that's okay. But be involved, get involved, and uh, step up, because you can do it. And why not you? Why Somebody's got to do it. That's why right. not you? Well, thank you, Jean Dorenze, for being on Bet On You Radio. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We're so happy to have your listenership, and we're so honored to feature great guests like our guest, Jean who's doing really cool things and taking risks. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Angie.